Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Here you go. Here you go. Creditor. That's the nothing personal word of the day. It is Tuesday, 12 12 23. Creditor is what Shohei Otani is of the Los Angeles Dodgers. I am going about my day feeling pretty good about a Monday, getting ready for Hanukkah dinner with my two of my three children, wrapping presents. I'm terrible at wrapping, just estimating wrong, and then the tape, and then I have to mix and match, just a nightmare, and then label it because you forget who's what for what. Everything's going great. Something comes across my phone that Shohei Otani's contract has major deferrals in it. Well, that wasn't big news. That was originally part of the Shohei announcement is that the 700 over 10 created deferrals. Part of that contract was deferrals, standard operating deferrals, which of course decreases the value of the deal in today's dollars. Went through that on Saturday's bonus emergency pod, went through it again yesterday. And in my wildest dreams, I could not have thought that the text I got when Coca alerted me what the Otani contract was, where he will, instead of getting 70 million per year for 10 years, that's 700 million over 10, he will get 2 million per year for 10 years, that's 20 million, then 68 million per year for the next 10 years, that's the total of 700 million. So it's actually 700 million over 20 years is the contract. When you calculate present value, which we discussed with you, when you apply a discount rate, which is a concept we also discussed with you, it ends up being for baseball calculation purposes, $460 million over 10 years. I'm looking at this and my brain explodes. I want to immediately start a show, but I have to wait. We're show 950 today not counting sit-downs and bonuses and mailbags, 950 regular episodes. And today, my first hit on CBS was at 5.20 this morning. Then I was over in Florida for a 7 a.m. show. And I've been waiting for this moment. Clarify my thoughts. And I want to present to you in an organized fashion exactly why my head exploded when I read it. And from what perspective... I was sitting when my head exploded. When you are running a major league baseball team, you are competing with 29 other teams. You are competing for eyeballs with teams in your market. So the Marlins compete with the Heat and the Panthers and the Dolphins and the Beach. That's for your in-stadium revenue. You are competing with all 29 teams outside of your 
city, but in your sports, forgetting that LA has two teams and Chicago has two teams and New York has two teams. I think you know what I mean. You're competing for players. You're competing for your share of any national sponsorships that are not split 30 ways. And when you are competing with people, what you hope for is a level playing field. What you try to achieve when you are competing with people is an unlevel playing field where you've got the advantage. That could be an advantage in negotiation, any sort of leverage, any business leverage that is equal to advantage, not a level playing field. When there's a free agent, there is a level playing field for the most part for 70% of free agents. Small market teams have an advantage for about 20% of free agents because they get to offer opportunity to middle-class to lower-class players, come to our team and you're gonna be a starter. Our payroll is only a hundred million. You come to our team, we'll give you a million bucks, but you're gonna get a chance to play every day. And if you play every day, that's opportunity, that's service time. And that is the ability to show that you're good and then you can get paid elsewhere. Then there's a percentage of free agents who are only for big revenue teams, large revenue, large markets. Otani did not have 25 teams after him, just like all top level free agents don't. Every once in a while, there's a new team. The Padres become in on top level free agents. The Marlins did it one year. Every once in a while, the Twins sign Correa. Every once in a while, there is a one-off by a team. But generally, there's the same number of teams in the market for the same top of the top players. If you look at maybe the 10 highest players in baseball in terms of contracts, they're either going to be in New York, they're going to be in LA, and then maybe in Philly, if you count Harper. So you know that you're at that disadvantage. The problem with the Otani signing is that there are fans everywhere saying, two million per year they're paying them? My team could have done that. What's $2 million? Worry about the money later. Let me explain the rules of baseball, how you get around the rules of baseball, and why the Dodgers were the only team to do a deal like this. Deferred comp is a sword that is used by wealthy teams. It is a shield that is used by not wealthy teams in order to try to compete. So there's two types of deferred compensation. I view backloaded deals as deferred compensation, and I signed many players to backloaded deals. A backloaded deal is when you pay someone $30 million over three years, but instead of 10, 10, 10, you do it 5, 10, 15. And the reason why people like to pay as little as possible this year is you say to yourself and your owner, let's only pay him five this year. And then we've got money in our budget to sign another player. And then together they'll win. We'll get more revenue. Therefore, making him three years from now when he's not a $15 million player, we'll be able to pay him 15. What's the big deal? Because we're going to have all this extra revenue because our team's going to win and be successful. 
that's not even deferring money because you're paying out the whole 30 million over the three years of the contract that you signed. It's just backloaded. Deferred money's like Max Scherzer when he signed with the Nationals. If you sign $100 million for five years, that's 20 million a year. But if you only get paid 10 million a year for the five years, and then 10 million a year for the next five years, that means you are being paid not to play. Forget whether you're overpaid to play or underpaid to play like in the early years of a backloaded contract. But when you have deferred compensation, that actually means you are paying someone for something they're not doing. There are people who defer contracts, defer payment, but that deferred money gets paid within the term of the contract. I call that backloaded. When you defer part of the contract for it to be paid after you're done playing with the team, that's deferred compensation in my mind. The union loves it. They want deferred compensation because there are more current members of the union who can get paid more current dollars when the top 1% of the union defers their money out for 10, 20, 30 years. It accrues to the benefit of the current day lesser players. Like with the Dodgers, you're paying $2 million to Otani this year. There's more money for the Dodgers to pay current players. The union does not care. There may be less money to pay future players. They care about money to pay current players. So the union loves deferred comp. When you are doing collective bargaining, you are the commissioner's office and the owners. You would like there to be no deferred compensation because deferred compensation is very dangerous. Paying people not to work is a very dangerous thing for teams or businesses to do but the union held strong. And then the commissioner said, okay, we'll allow deferred comp, but we're gonna need the teams to prove that they've got the money to pay it. And the union said, what a great idea, because we would hate for our players to defer their compensation out into the future. And then all of a sudden they look to get paid and the team has disappeared. So we're going to have to examine very carefully in a contract which entity owns the contract that is being deferred and given to a player. What are the assets in that entity? What is the likelihood of that entity going bankrupt? Leagues don't like it when their teams go bankrupt. They're okay with their owners going bankrupt, but not their teams. So if a team is a going concern, the Dodgers will be a going concern for 20 years. The Dodgers will pay $68 million 10 years from now to Otani. Otani does not need to worry about the Dodgers going bankrupt. But if the Dodgers do go bankrupt, he will simply be a creditor. Like the people who were owed money for the hot dogs they delivered to Chavez Ravine. He doesn't get to go to the front of the line. When an entity goes bankrupt, the banks who lent them money and the Dodgers have debt, they go to the front of the line. You sell the asset, which is the Dodgers, you pay back banks, and then you get to players way down the line. So what baseball and the union got together and said, we have an idea. We are going 
to make teams fund their deferred comp. That'll stop them from deferring too much compensation. What does that mean? If you sign a player to a three-year deal and it's a $30 million deal and you're only going to pay $5 million a year for three years and then you'll pay $15 million in the fourth year when the player's not playing for you. It's a pretty easy example of deferred comp. Five, 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 and then 15. And the player plays for you for the first three years. And then on the fourth year, he's on his ranch getting 15 million. The deferred comp rule states that in the second year of a contract, any year going forward after two years, whatever is deferred must be funded the entire amount of the deferral. So when you sign a guy for 5 million a year for three years and 15 the fourth year, you don't have to put any money aside in year one, pay the guy 5 million. But then during year two, you have to come up with the 5 million to pay the player and the 15 million that you owe the player two years later in year four. So we always thought to ourselves, why would we ever defer money we don't want to come up with current cash. Our team loses money. We borrow money anyway. There's seasonal lines of credit like what the Padres did that we talked about on the show. So that rule made it so we did never did deferred comp until I learned from the inside how that provision is actually monitored by baseball and the union. Think about this concept. My 555-15 example, you have to prove you have the $15 million. You have to segregate it into an account to show the commissioner and the union you've got the money for the player. They take a snapshot of an account on a particular day. If you've ever looked at a balance sheet, balance sheets are as of blank day because numbers inside a balance sheet change every single day. So you have to choose a snapshot. Like if you're doing a net worth statement or figuring out how much money is in your stock account or in your 401k, you look at it. And on that day, you say, I've got X dollars. So what a team can do is they can show the commissioner an account that has $15 million in it. The commissioner says, check. The union says, check. And then you can take that 15 million right out of the account, do whatever you want with it. And then a year later, you have to show it again. The Los Angeles Dodgers will have to take $680 million. And they will have to show baseball and the union that they have the entire amount of his deferred comp, which is $680 million, that they have it segregated and ready to go for Shohei. And then the next day, they can move it out. How many owners can do that? Do you know who owns the Los Angeles Dodgers? You hear the name Mark Walter a lot. Wow, Mark Walter, he owns it. That's amazing. Do you know who that is? Just so you're aware. He is the CEO of a company called Guggenheim. Guggenheim Partners. Does that mean anything to you? Do you know who Guggenheim Partners is? They are a fund. They have insurance companies, but they've got $295 
billion dollars under management. I want to say that again. I'm reading it right off their website. Website, two hundred and ninety-five billion dollars. Mark Walter has under management. He doesn't own all of Guggenheim Partners. Guggenheim Partners bought the Dodgers. It was insurance money that bought the Dodgers. Don't forget when the Dodgers sold went in a get Frank McCourt out of here type of Sarver situation, but he wasn't Sarver. It was critical to baseball that the purchase price was over $2 billion. And they did several things that were a little funny. They got Guggenheim as the winning bidder. And they got a huge TV deal. When I say huge, I mean out of this world, the worst TV deal in the history of TV deals from a network standpoint and the best TV deal in the history of TV deals from a team standpoint. There is no TV deal out there, including the Yankees, Red Sox, Cubs, none of them that compares to the Dodgers TV deal. All of which is to say that for the Dodgers owners, wink, wink, to show $680 million in a segregated account for a period of one day is not a big problem. And here's the other little nugget for all of the people yelling and screaming about, wow, this is bigger than Bobby Bonilla Day. I would again like to explain Bobby Bonilla Day. The Mets did a deferred deal with Bobby Bonilla when they signed him. And they offered Bobby Bonilla in return for taking very little money right now so the Mets could sign a bunch of other players and try to win a World Series. We will pay you a million dollars a year for 30 years, which is the equivalent, they calculated it, we will pay you 8% interest on the money you're deferring. Bobby Bonilla, let's pretend he was paid a million dollars by the Mets to play that year and took a dollar and then deferred the million dollars for 30 years at 8% interest. The interest that will be paid to Shohei Otani for his deferred money is zero. The reason the Mets agreed to pay 8% to Bonilla is the Mets were investing with Madoff, among others, and the Mets were making more than 8% on their money, so they kept the money that they would have given to Bonilla, either give it to other players or invest it, collect more than 8%, give Bonilla the 8%, and you get to keep the difference, and you get Bonilla to play for you. Hell yeah! The Dodgers are paying Otani zero interest. As part of the $295 billion that Guggenheim has in assets, they can take $680 million and clip coupons, treasury bill coupons. Do you know where the treasury bill rates are right now? They could take the 680 today, secrete it away. It's a great investment for all the assets they have under management. It's like a big bank where they take your deposit money and they use it to lend to other people and make interest way more than the interest they pay you on the money in your account, which isn't really in your account until you need it. And then the bank has to take money from someone else's account to put in your account to give you the money to take out a hundred bucks of your ATM. Sounds like a bit of a Ponzi scheme. Well, when there's a run on a bank, that's what makes banks go under. Banks don't actually have all the money that they've deposited, people have deposited in. They lend it out. And if the people they lend it out to don't pay it back, 
I guess they got to call the government or Ghostbusters. So Guggenheim takes the 680, invests it. They make money on the Otani deal. So I wanted to make sure that was clear. The 25-year TV deal for $8.35 billion they signed. I wanted to vote no to that transaction when we had a vote. I was in baseball when it happened. Not because of that TV deal. I was excited about the TV deal. Even though I was told by my friends at Fox it was an outrageous deal. Fox did not do that deal. They could have, but they gave it up. Best thing, smartest thing they ever did. The owner of that TV deal charter is getting rocked, crushed, terrifically out of control deal. But the Dodgers are not subject to any of the things that the other teams are who have regional sports network deals. The Dodgers deal is backstopped by Charter Communications, which is like a $60 billion business. There is no scenario under which the Dodgers will not get paid through the balance of their deal. They have a guaranteed amount of revenue coming in for broadcast that no other team has. I can't guarantee what Yes Network is going to look like in 10 years or SNY or Nesson. I can guarantee you what the Dodgers revenue is going to look like. So the Dodgers said to themselves, we have a plan. And the plan is that we're going to go to a bunch of players. I'm going to say, come to us. We're going to defer a ton of money. You're going to be so happy because when you can't earn money anymore and you've grown to have a lifestyle and all of a sudden you can't fund it when you're older and you have to sell your house and your yacht and your 17 cars, don't worry. We're going to make sure that you're getting paid until retirement age for normal people. Think about the concept if you're Otani. As a player, let's say he makes 35 or $40 million off the field endorsements because he's playing. That number when he's done playing goes way down unless you're Michael Jordan. But in general, it goes way down when you're not playing. So Otani makes the 2 million from the Dodgers, the 40 million from endorsements. He makes 42 million a year for 10 years. He learns to live with $42 million a year, however you can live. And then when he stops playing, he'll start getting paid $68 million a year. So that's an extra 10 years of living the way he lives, plus some savings in order to keep living until he's 120 years old. So you can see from a player standpoint why it makes so much sense. You can see from the Dodgers standpoint why it makes so much sense. Then why am I so worked up? I'm so worked up because this creates a problem for baseball. You want to go back to 1994 and wonder what happened with that strike? That's because owners were fighting with each other, the haves and the have-nots. You think it's only society where there's a big schism between the haves and the have-nots, where the middle class is being squozen? It's happening in baseball. It's happening with owners, with teams. And when it happens, it leads to fighting. Not like pitchfork and gun fighting, but sort of rich people, money fighting. Commissioner Rob Manfred has to worry about the next collective bargaining agreement because he's going to have a bunch of teams. We're going to look at what the Dodgers did today and say, we can never compete with that. We don't have the money to fund deferred comp obligations. We don't have the money to actually give that amount of deferred comp to anybody. 
Because A, it has a question impact on the value of our team. Because if the Dodgers were to be sold, which they're not, no one's going to pay Otani $68 million a year for 10 years. That money would come off the top of a purchase price. I can give you seven reasons. I've given you four already. Why the majority of teams won't and will not be able to do this. So when one team engages in this, in this sort of financial chicanery, and make no mistake, that's what it is. It is poking the face of the commissioner and the union and the other teams. You're going to let me, I'm not violating any rules. It says right here in the CBA, I can defer money. Here's how I have to fund the deferred money. I'm following it. The Yankees used to be very famous about doing that. George Steinbrenner had a great line during owners meetings when some of us would complain to him, these are the rules we all voted for. I'm doing everything in the rules. It's hard to argue with because it happens to be true. It doesn't make it any less infuriating. And if you get a block of small market owners, of low revenue team owners, eight of them to say, you know what, Mark Walter, you know what, Dodgers, enough. They can make it so the sport gets screwed. So I worry about that. The other thing I worry about is what about the Otani contract would bother you the most if you were in baseball? The calculation under the luxury tax, because of other rules in the CBA, it's not $70 million a year toward the Dodgers luxury tax. It's only $46 million a year because you take the present value of all the payments with an agreed-upon discount right, and then you spread that over the length of the actual contract, and in a straight-line amortization, the Dodgers have $46 million towards that Steve Cohn tax level of $297. $46 million to Otani. $2 million in cash to Otani, but $46 million in luxury tax calculation. In year 11, when Otani's not on the team and they're paying 68 million to Otani, the total amount that goes to their luxury tax calculation, wait for it, is zero. I want that rule changed. I want to eliminate the ability to defer money and take advantage of that as it relates to your luxury tax. I want the Dodgers, if they're going to sign a guy to 700 over 10, they can pay it however they want it. You want to pay him $700 million in year 40? Be my guest. But I want you to have $70 million count towards your luxury tax bill because your tax bill matters. And it's the tax levels that we fight for during the CBA as low revenue teams. It's the tax levels that we want as low as possible so all these big market teams go over them and have to pay all sorts of money into a fund that we get to take advantage of as low revenue teams. That's what I want. I don't want the Dodgers getting away with 46 instead of 70. That's just wrong. But those are the rules under the CBA. And you're going to read quotes, and it's been enough to drive me insane. Mark Walter gave a quote. They announced this. No, no press conference. This was all done in statements. You just signed Shohei Otani, and you put out a statement. making this on behalf of the Dodgers and our fans everywhere. We welcome Shohei Otani to the Dodgers, the home of Jackie Robinson, Sandy Koufax, and Hideo Nomo. That's the exact three people I think of when I think of the Dodgers. Three of the sport's most legendary and path-breaking players. I understand why I put Hideo Nomo in there. We congratulate him on his historic contract with our storied franchise. 
Give me a break. This is still Mark Walter talking. And then he said the magic words in the statement. I feel sorry for him. He said Shohei is a once in a generation talent and one of the most exciting professional athletes in the world. He's the DH for the Dodgers. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to show any disrespect for Shohei Otani. He's the DH for the Dodgers. And you gave him 46 million, which is a few million above the 43 million that are given to Scherzer and Verlander. It's a bit above the Trout and Judge deal. I get there's a chance he could pitch again, maybe as a frontline starter. And I'm the one who told you Otani is a unicorn when he's a front of the rotation, top of the rotation pitcher and the middle of the rotation bat. That's the unicorn part. Not maybe doing it, not having done it, it's doing it now. 10% of the contract, he's the DH of the Dodgers. Come 2025, maybe he's back and maybe he'll be the best pitcher in baseball for nine straight years. We'll have to wait and see. And I'm not sullying him. It is amazing what we saw two out of the last, really all three out of the last three years. But we're always saying, we're throwing it around like it's nothing. Once in a generation talent. I had baseball people telling me every year, this guy's once in a generation. You don't see that bat ever. And I'd say, hey, man, at that time, hey, man, generations are like 10 to 20 years. How can you keep telling me every year that it's a once in a generation talent? Since when are generations one year? His agent wants you to know from CAA. First of all, the agent gets paid when the player gets paid. That's so the agent is getting 5% of 2 million, but the agent's got a nice little annuity for himself. The agent wants you to know that Shohei Otani is the greatest man on earth because he took only $2 million, putting his money where his mouth is, telling the Dodgers, hey, man, sign a bunch of guys around me. Don't make it like the Angels. Really? The Angels signed people around Shohei, Trout, Rendon, Rendon. It's not as though the Angels were the Marlins where they would just sign people once and then get rid of them. Shohei said in his quote, I want to bring a World Series parade to Los Angeles. Well, he could have done that with the Angels. The agent wants you to think that by doing a contract like this, that he is showing you that he's the single most unselfish player in the history of team sports. In the history of team sports, he only took 46 million in the tax bill, but only 2 million in cash flow. I wonder whether or not that's the case 10 years from now when he's being paid $68 million, which won't count for anything other than cash out from Guggenheim. Still selfish, still selfless. What's the characterization? And I'm not trying to yuck on anybody's yum. I'm really not. But I am trying to say that when you've got a team that does a contract like this, it doesn't pass the smell test. The amount of deferral for Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Max Scherzer between 25 and 50%. I'm willing to acknowledge that's part of the game. And part of the game is the rich get richer and the teams on the bottom need to get lucky and they need to know when their windows open, take advantage of it and recognize that they're not going to play in the pool of those types of free agents. No problem. 
this deal, the way he deferred this amount, it makes me even more sure that this is a Deshaun Watson situation. This is a situation, not the person, the contract. This is a situation where the league and the owners will look and say, do you see that star in the sky? That's the sun. You get too close to the sun, you burn your kishkas off. Don't go near it, and teams don't go near it. $295 billion in assets. That's pretty funny that Otani's a creditor. Word of the day was creditor, because I guess he's got to worry a little bit. Maybe Guggenheim will get caught investing, and their firm will go out of business. They'll be bankrupt. And then it's just the Dodgers that owe him the 68 or the new owner. And then they could say, hey, we're bankrupt too. Sorry, Shohei. That would really show baseball and the agents what's going on. It's not going to happen, but this really was overwhelming. It brought me back. I hated it because it brought me back to running the Marlins and the anxiety and stress of competing with all the people with all the money and then having imposter syndrome, wanting to be them and signing these deals for players you know you can't afford. Hey, if we don't win, we'll just trade them. And you're having that in your head. And that anxiety, that lack of ability to sleep. Oh, I kept that. Shohei, you're a creditor of the Dodgers now. Good luck. All right, when we come back, we're going to review a movie called Leave the World Behind. And then I'm going to tell you what the Lakers did when they did Adam Silver, one of the great solids that anyone can do for an NBA commissioner. We'll be right back. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. 
Welcome back to Nothing Personal. You are live on the Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. Please hit subscribe. Tell your friends about our show. We are continuing to grow and we appreciate it. I love Coca. I got one yesterday. Someone sent me a horse hockey hoodie that they were wearing while drinking. Now, I wasn't even worried about stalking here. I just thought this was amazing. Like loyalty. Loyalty is everything. A nothing personal mug on a nothing personal coaster in a horse hoodie sweatshirt. I'm not exactly sure why your picture was only from the neck down. I'm not saying I care or don't care. Feel free to send me any angle you like. But when you go to davidsampsonpodcast.com, I appreciate it. It is not too late. We still have two nights of Hanukkah left. I'm not going to get it for Hanukkah. But we're good for Christmas. So, davidsampsonpodcast.com, thank you for everything that you do. I watched a movie called Leave the World Behind. It's a new movie on Netflix. It stars Julia Roberts, Ethan Hawke, Mahershala Ali, and Mahala. Four people, father, daughter, husband, wife. Everything seems fine. They go to an Airbnb. On a side note, I've watched enough movies about Airbnbs. I'm out. No more Airbnbs. They've got cameras. You're alone. There's weird things going on. D-O-N-E. Put me in a hotel with a doorman and a concierge. I don't care if it's the Holiday Inn Express. I want someone at the front desk 24 hours. And I'm going to put a little piece of paper in the peephole. All of that said, some weird stuff starts going on in this movie, Leave the World Behind. Some sort of maybe cyber attack. Is it, a, is it the Russians coming? Is it? The Saudis with all their money, are they dropping money all over the place? People are dropping stuff. Animals are migrating weird. A lot of weird stuff's going on. And the theme from Friends is playing. So what you're supposed to believe watching this movie is that the angst of the world ending and leaving the world behind because you have no TV, no radio, no cell phone, no iPad, no nothing, and you're stuck in a house with people who you don't know, are they part of it? Are they not part of it? What's the mystery? What's the suspense? Why are you feeling this anxiety? And then all of a sudden you hear the Friends theme song. I'll tell you about Leave the World Behind. Leave it behind. The Los Angeles Lakers. They won the in-season tournament, and I think I told you they're not going to, why would they ever hang a banner? And it's my fault. Sometimes when I do the show live, which is every day, and I don't have anything in front of me but the topics, and I think through the night before, the day before, what I'm going to talk about, and then I do a call with Coca, and we sort of talk through all the topics. And I said, there's no way the Lakers are hanging a banner. I was furious that they even celebrated with champagne and goggles. Like, give me a break. I'm happy you took the 500 grand. I'm happy you won the in-season tourney. What I forgot to think about is that Adam Silver needs this in-season tournament to be big. He needs players to buy in. Now, the money is what makes him buy in, the extra 500 grand. And next year, that number is going to go up. Mark my words. Mark my words. As a matter of fact, before we even do this segment, Coca, a wait to see that next year's winner of the in-season tournament will get more than 500 grand. Mark it. There's no deal in place for next year's in-season tournament. There will be an in-season tournament, but the wait to see is the winners will get more than 500 grand. 
that's an official wait to see when I tell you something's going to happen and we'll revisit it once we find out. What I forgot to realize is that Adam Silver is packaging this in-season tournament as part of his new media rights negotiations. And he wants the players and the broadcasters and the owners to think this is like the World Cup or like the World Baseball Classic, that players want it, the teams want it. And what's better to show that you've won something than the banner in the ceiling? Adam Silver calls up Jeannie Buss and says, Jeannie, I didn't see in Vegas. Would you not go to a game seven for the NBA championship? Of course I would, Adam, but this wasn't game seven of the NBA championship. This was a game that didn't even count to the regular season. But Jeannie, could you do me a solid? Can you just put it in the rafters that you won the inaugural in-season tournament? And then we're going to show it to all the broadcast partners and all the other teams and all the other owners and all the people in the union. Adam, you're being ridiculous. I am not putting it next to our world championship banners. All right, how about this? Put a banner in the rafters that's totally different, different shape, different color. And therefore, nobody will make the mistake that it was the NBA championship. They'll just recognize it like Billy Joel's residency at the Garden. It'll be like a banner that people look up and say, oh, yeah, they won the in-season tourney. It must be important to them because they put a banner up. How could I not have thought of that? I apologize to all of the fans, all of you, all the listeners, the growing legion of people loyal to me and Coca, that it didn't occur to me that the Lakers would acquiesce to Silver's demand of making the in-season tournament look even greater than it actually was. So all that conversation I had yesterday, most of it was right. The banner part, wrong. The Lakers have a banner. How did you enjoy the two Monday night games last night? Well, did you have the parlay Dolphins money line and over 46 and a half? Were you thinking this game can't go over? This is a joke. And then you realize, wait a minute, the Dolphins are winning 27 to 21, 27, 37, 47, 48. Oh my God, I'm going to win my parlay. The Dolphins aren't going to cover the 10 point spread, but they don't have to. They just have to win over 46 and a half. Dun, dun, dun. And then something happened that hasn't happened in 767 NFL games. A team leading by 14 points with under three minutes has never lost in the last 767 times that's happened. And the Dolphins blew it. Those rat bastards. That would have been such a great night. We would have won the parlay. The Giants was a simple pick, plus six and a half over the Packers. We didn't need any of it. The Giants beat the Packers. We were this close from a 2-0. and Teams were 0 and 767 until last night. I can't even. What are the odds? That's like Coca putting in like a nine-way parlay, and he needs for the ninth one to hit one guy to get over four assists, and the guy averages 10 assists. And for that particular game, he gets three assists and then doesn't play the rest of the game. And instead of winning a thousand bucks, you lose 250 and you're despondent. I mean, what are the odds? I was less than happy. But we went one and one. We are 188 and 179. The aforementioned Lakers have their first post in-season tourney game. They're going to Dallas. 
The Mavericks are going to play, I believe. I'm blanking right now, Coco. I believe there's no Kyrie tonight. The Mavericks are plus two versus the Lakers at home. I've got seven letters for you. L-E-T-D-O-W-N. Letdown. I am taking the Mavericks. I'm taking the points, and I'm going to do it totally excited. The Luka point total for this game alone is 34 and a half points. We're not taking this today, but I would go over because he's going to score lots of points, and the Mavericks are going to win the game. All right. In the last few minutes, I want to go back to the Otani and the creditor, the deferred comp. And I want you to think about your team, the team that you love, whether it's the Twins or the Indians, the damn it, 4869, whether it's the Twins or the Guardians or the Royals or the Cardinals. And before you go online today or talk to your friends in front of the water cooler and bemoan the fact that your owner doesn't do what the Dodgers did and how lucky the Dodgers are to be the Dodgers. When you see what the Dodgers did with Mookie Betts, paying him through 2044, Freddie Freeman paying him through 2040, Otani paying him through 2043, $680 million of deferral for Otani. Instead of bemoaning your team and owner, embrace your team and owner for not being a financial bully and then muster all of the energy you have to root against the Dodgers. And the reason why the Dodgers are now gonna replace the Padres as the team that all other teams are gonna root against this coming season is deferring 57 for Mookie, deferring, a, you know, maybe 100 for Mookie, and then 57 for Freddie. That didn't create any problems in the ownership room. But 680 for Shohei, that creates problems in the ownership room, in the commissioner's office. It should create a problem with the fan bases all around this country. Oh, David, you're so ridiculously anti-player. So you should be happy that the Dodgers are willing to do this. And you should congratulate Otani for taking zero interest and only taking $2 million a year in an effort to get more players around him. Maybe he just believes in the Dodgers front office more than the Angels front office. Maybe I would have offered Otani a contract. I'll pay you $2 million now, and then upon the sale of the team, whenever that is, I'll give you $500 million of that sale. How about that? Will you play for the minimum for five years for me? And then we'll just give you a piece of the team? Well, that's against the rules. Is it any different than what the Dodgers are doing with all this deferred money? It's financial bullying, and I'm tired of it. Remember I told you when the Dodgers wouldn't win the World Series and that was the wait to see on Saturday for, for when they signed Otani? I'm going to go one better because what no one's talking about, the Dodgers have no pitching next year. None. That's 10% of Otani's time. He'll be on the other side of 30 by the time he can maybe come back and pitch. I'll give you a backup. A backup wait to see to end the show. The Dodgers won't even win the pennant. That's how little pitching they have. Wait to see.
book it on December 12th, 2023, the Dodgers will not win the National League pennant, which will make both those wait to sees cash on the same day. Sorry for 29 other teams. My name is Mark Walter, and it's just business. This is nothing personal. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.